Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Several things I want to run by my next guest. He does a great job covering all of MLB for CBSSports.com. Matt Snyder joins me as I fill in for Bill Ryder here on CBS Sports Radio. Matt, long time no talk. I was gonna say, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny how these things turn out. Uh, you never know, because uh, 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 for those of you who don't know, I just talked the other day to Matt on my CBS Sports Radio Sunday show. Uh, so they already had Matt booked to come on today, not knowing that I was going to be the host. I said, I'll talk to Matt again because he's always bringing insight, and I got no issues with uh, shooting a breeze with him again today. One of the things I touched on at the top of the show was the fact that the Yankees have now lost 11 of 14 and have been shut out in back-to-back games. Their offense is putting up like less than three runs a game over the last 10 or 11. How nervous should Yankee fans be? Um, Well, I mean, they're not any worse than – I mean, I can't make them any worse than they are on their own because they they seem to be in a full-blown – I don't want to say panic. I don't think the Yankees fans panic. They just get really, really angry and seemingly – start yelling and uh you know there's still plenty of time I know that's the easy thing to say and I know a lot of them might get annoyed at me for saying that so right now uh you know scale of one to ten with ten being the biggest panic they've ever had four or five maybe I'm sure most of them are at like an eight um and that's fine but there's plenty of time for for things to get going Stan will come back off the injured list at some point I assume Anthony Rizzo might have a hot streak in there. Maybe Josh Donaldson has a hot streak in there. You know, we know all about Judge. Uh, you could see uh, Glaber Torres kind of getting hot, but you know, might want to pick it up soon at some point because they, they look they look pretty broken right now. And there's nothing you can do about it because the trade deadline is come and gone. You just basically have to ride it out and believe the guys who are better earlier in the year or have a track record as a career-level player who might not be doing that right now are going to get better. How much pressure is that on the manager? That he's the guy who's got to do something, push the right buttons, move guys around on the lineup, give him a day off, give him a DH day. How much pressure is it on Boone to see the Yankees come out of these hitting doldrums they're in? Yeah, I think there's some because, uh, you know, again, not pro- probably not yet. And for Boone, I think his season's going to make or break on, on how they perform in the playoffs. But you, you don't want to be playing this poorly and head to the playoffs. Let's say they were on pace for 120 wins or so. Let's say they end up winning only like 92, uh, and then they get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. He might not have a job anymore. 
so yeah, I'd say at some point, yeah, for, for now, probably not so much. He, he has to kind of be the one who's the eye of the storm. You know, even if the players are starting to kind of press a little bit, he has to be the one who's the calming presence who says, hey, guys, we've got a 10-game lead right now. Everything's fine. We're going to get it going here, but we're going to try a, new, a few new things here, shuffle guys around, uh, see what works. And I, I guess the beauty part of it is for, for them is how well they played earlier in the season. They bought some time for him and able to, to try some things out and to try to shake something loose there. But, yeah, I would say uh, if, if, if it continues on this path and we get to late September, yeah, he'd, he'd have to start feeling it pretty good. We're talking to uh, Matt Snyder, our uh, baseball insider from CBSSports.com, here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right, uh, something that you would think would cause concern but probably doesn't because the Dodgers, man, have they been able to handle this all year. Walker Bueller announced yesterday season-ending surgery, not going to be available for the Dodgers as they make their playoff-slash-World Series run. But that's been standard operating procedure for the Dodgers all year, right? Somebody's going down. Somebody's got an injury. Somebody's on the IL, and the Dodgers just continue to roll. Or is this the one that you actually look at and it uh, hits and you go, oh, shoot, that's just not good. If we don't have Walker Bueller, that compromises our chances. Where are you at with the Dodgers and their uh, ability to deal with injuries, which they've had plenty of this year? Yeah, well, well, they're equipped to do it. They have so much depth uh, pitching-wise that they should be able to absorb the blow. Where it might end up mattering is the playoffs. I mean, it's it, – and that's the thing that we've talked about before is fair or not, they're so good and their, their bar is so high that their season's a failure if they don't win the World Series. And if you don't have Walker Bueller in that rotation, that makes it that much harder to, to win it all, as hard as it already is. Um, they still look pretty good in the rotation right now. Between Urias, Gonsolin, Anderson is a nice top three they have been all year. Andrew Haney looks really, really good as long as he's healthy. We just don't know how long that's going to last. And maybe Clayton Kershaw will come back late in the season. Um, and also Dustin May. Dustin May is coming back from Tommy John surgery. He, I think he's done with his rehab assignment. Yeah, he's set to start with the Dodgers on Saturday. So he'll be back. Um, and Ryan Pepio has just come up from the minors, and he's looked pretty good the, the times that they've tapped him. They should have a full five-man rotation, even without Kershaw. And if Kershaw comes back, they've got six starters. It just is, you know, let's say they get deep in the NLCS, and they're against the Mets, and Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer are firing on all cylinders. They don't really have the two ace-level, uh, elite-level aces like the Mets do to match them. And if they go to, like, let's say game six and seven, and it's DeGrom and Scherzer lined up for the Mets, the Dodgers is going to be Urias and Gonsolin. Yeah, that's a little bit of a step down. Now they do have a better offense overall. Maybe it won't matter, but you, that's where – I I think that's probably the only place where I could see them really, really feeling it because they're so deep. All right. Speaking of that Dodger offense, and I know this is putting the uh, cart way the hell before the horse because we got to finish off the regular season and we got to have the playoffs and we have a World Series champion, but I'm already looking ahead to the offseason. Trey Turner. Uh, the Dodgers did let Corey Seager walk this year, took the big money from Texas. 
because uh, they knew they had trade Turner. They obtained in the trade late last year with Scherzer to plug in at shortstop. But his contract is up at the end of the season. The Dodgers have the ability to uh, pay whatever they need to pay to get something done. Um, but Turner's going to get a really nice contract during this offseason because he's been one of the best offensive shortstop and a well above average defensive shortstop as well. Is it just a formality that when we get to the offseason, he's going to re-sign with the Dodgers? Or do you think he's actually going to go out and maybe do better in the shortstop market this offseason than some of the other guys did last offseason? Yeah, I've actually been thinking about that a lot recently because they, they've had the ability to to kind of, like with Corey Seager, let Corey Seager walk because they just traded for Trey Turner. Or in other spots, uh, plug in a youngster. Uh, remember, they didn't worry about Adrian Gonzalez getting up there in age. They just plugged in Cody Bellinger at first base, and that worked out okay for them in the short run. And obviously, now they've replaced, they've gone with Freddie Freeman there as Bellinger moved to the outfield. Um, their plug in on the roster right now, I think, would be Gavin Lux if they moved him to shortstop. And they do, they, they have Max Muncy who they could play at second, or they could play him at first two of Freeman if they move Freeman to DH, for example. Um, they have Chris Taylor, who's kind of their Swiss Army knife. So I think they could absorb it, so I don't know if they would go all out, but it doesn't seem like as natural as with them just having Trey Turner waiting there when Corey Seager walks. It's not quite as natural. Um, if I had to guess, I would say that, that, that they will try to retain him, in which case they probably will. It's going to be a, a fun shortstop class again because I'm guessing Xander Bogarts is going to opt out. Uh, Dansby Swanson is a free agent. I think Carlos Correa, there's a report already that he's going to opt out. So there's going to be another decent crop of shortstops out there. We know the Orioles want to spend a lot of money. Uh, the Red Sox there, with you know, they could move Trevor Story to short to cover for Bogarts, but then they've got a hole at second. Um, it seems like the Yankees, are, are they really going to be content with IKF? I, I guess we'll see how they do in the postseason. Um, will the Phillies, will, will they spend money? Mm-hmm. Or they, you know, uh, the Cubs, the Cubs might be in a position where they're ready to spend money. We, we could have some heavy hitters out there other than, like, just the Dodgers, Mets, and, uh, you know, so, and Yankees. So it, it could be fun there with those shortstops in that mix. No, I know Philly fans are actually uh, salivating a little bit at Turner, who's still quite tight with Bryce Harper uh, for him potentially a landing spot in uh, Philadelphia. All right, uh, speaking of shortstops, you and I over the weekend talked about Fernando Tatis Jr. and his suspension and his Hall of Fame uh, candidacy because of it, and I'm taking it further, talking about putting the cart before the horse. I'm way down the road on this one. But his father stepped out yesterday for Ted Fernando Tatis Sr. and called it a catastrophe that Major League Baseball suspended his son and uh, ruined his reputation because uh, he accidentally took a substance that turned up a positive test. Uh, Fernando Tatis Sr., do we just understand because it's a dad uh, defending his son or did he actually put put his son in an even worse position by overstating any mistakes that MLB has made by just following their own rules. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it helped. I mean, I, I understand. I, I can empathize with the situation. I mean, I'm a father myself, so I know that how much you would want to try to, <laughs> to, 
to use the phrase that works here because it's baseball, how much you would want to try to go to bat for your son. I get it. I totally get it. He kind of overshot it here, though. I mean, uh, the most ridiculous part of the quote wasn't the catastrophe to me, which was pretty over the top. It was when he said millions of people are never going to watch baseball again because of this. I was like, man, that's a lot of... (laughs) That's a lot of faith in what your son is doing for baseball. I think he's been great for baseball up until now. I think a lot of people love watching him, but millions of people are never going to watch again? That's probably a bit much. A little Um, bit of hyperbole, yes. You and I can agree on that. (laughs) (laughs) But, Um, you know, overall, I get it. You know, I I get it. He's trying to get his son's back. He's probably a little, relatively speaking, heartbroken about the situation. And, um Maybe he really believes that it was really a mistake. Maybe it really was. Maybe we're wrong, but we've heard this song and dance from every guy who's been caught before. Exactly. That Oh, it was inadvertent that I did something to solve something else and did not realize the ingredient. Yeah, 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 sorry. doesn't work. You test positive, you test positive, you get your suspension. But I will give Tatis Jr. credit here, at least if the reports are accurate. Um, he was on a minor league rehab when he did uh, get notification that he is going to be suspended for the 80 games. Supposedly, he's going to San Diego to maybe confront is the wrong word, to talk to his teammates, to talk to A.J. Prell, the general manager, and their manager as well, um, to at least clear the air with these guys, because some of them were outspoken about the fact that he really did compromise the team's chances this year. I guess he could have just said, listen, I'm suspended. I'm not showing up. Uh, see you guys sometime next year in 2023. Uh, he did say he would make the effort to get together with all the important people in San Diego. Uh, how much will that help in going forward with he and his teammates in your eyes? Man, uh, no idea. It could be, I mean, it could go, it could be a start and starting to, to, to mend some fences and then, you know, during spring training next year, continue to work on that. And by the time he comes back, uh, maybe they'll be ready to, to, you know, accept him with open arms and everything. And, and, you know, let's let's be real. A lot of those comments, they had just found out about it right before the game. So the, the wound was still fresh. And maybe they were a lot more mad than they're going to be down the road. And uh, it's always possible that the relationship gets gets pretty well fixed and they'll all be okay eventually. Um but I think they've already kind of had some problems with him. Remember, we saw the the footage of him and in, in, uh, Manny Machado in the dugout last year having to be separated and Machado screaming at him. And Machado is the leader of the team. Um, and, you know, Joe Musgrove was one of the guys who was outspoken in, in the clubhouse on Friday after it happened. And Musgrove's essentially at this point after signing that extension and he's a San Diego guy, he's essentially the leader of their pitching staff. So it's – like we, there's, they need to start mending some fences, and maybe this will be the start of it. Um, I, I would be skeptical if he was trying to like come back in a few weeks, and this talk was happening right now. But they've got a lot of time for now. I think everybody in the team will probably say, you know what, let's just say we accept his apology and we'll deal with it next season, and they'll play the rest of the season out, not even thinking about it. And come next spring, I'm sure they'll all be open-minded. And, and by the time he plays, especially if he plays well, that's an easy that, that makes it easy to forgive somebody. 
All right, uh, Matt, if you do have, and I don't know if you do or you don't, but I'm assuming you do, uh, the NFL, uh, excuse me, the MLB Extra Innings Package, ability to watch whatever uh, game you want to watch. Uh, Nationally broadcast tonight, you can get the Rays and the Yankees on TBS, but other than that, you got to go find the game. What's the next game that you'd want to watch? Is it Yankees-Rays, the number one game? See if the Yankees can actually bust out and score four runs, or is there another specific matchup you want to watch tonight? Uh, let's take a look. It probably won't be that, actually, because the Yankees are, are pretty bad right now. And I generally, eh, sorry, but I generally find the Rays kind of boring to watch, at least in the regular season. So it wouldn't be that. Uh, let me see. Orioles Blue Jays could be a decent one. Oh, Mets Braves. Yeah, Mets Braves, you know, that's a really fun one there anyway. Uh, Taiwan Walker's, you know, not been as great. The Braves are looking to dig into that that lead a little bit. And uh, late night with the Mariners and Robbie Ray, like to see how he throws there. Oh, Astros White Sox is another good one. There you go. The you White finally Sox. got to the game of the night. Astros White Sox. <laughs> yeah. Justin Verlander against Dylan Cease, Dylan probably Cease. Yeah. number one against number two in the Cy Young categories in uh, the American League right now. And the the White Sox actually, maybe, although we've thought this a few times, but they've won four in a row right now. They actually might be finally starting to put it together. And even though they've been treading water almost all season, they're only two games out because that division's so bad. So yeah, and that you know that's an ALDS rematch. And if the White Sox actually get things together, they they could play again in the playoffs. So yeah, that's right. that's the one. That's Sorry, game, I was man. like going down in order. <laughs> <laughs> it just jumped out at me when I went down. I, oh, shoot, how good a pitching well, match. Well, you, 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 you heard it in real time how it jumped out at me then because I was like, I was ready to exactly. stop talking. You, like, oh, hey, to, hey, wait. You needed to yeah. go through them, but you, you, you settled yeah. on the correct one, so I'll give you credit for that. Yeah, I watched DeGrom against Nola over the weekend, which some people believe. Offense, offense, offense. It was freaking unbelievable pitching matchup between those two guys. We may get the same tonight between the Astros and the White Sox. Uh, Matt, I promise not to call you for my CBS show this weekend, okay? <laughs> All right, man. Take care. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 